0: Welcome to Losing Pounds, Gaining Life, the podcast. Um, this is episode two. I am Travis Monker and I'm here with... Julie Wheeler. And we are going to be talking about our personal journeys for the last pretty much 12 months because it kind of worked out that we got our um, surgeries done the same not well, within 20, apart. Pretty much 24 hours of each other. Less than that probably if we were to figure it out um did it again right there (laughs) so welcome to the podcast by all means we are not professional podcasters we are doing this in my office in my house in Mesa Arizona so if you hear birds chirping in the background or whatnot I think it just makes it more
1: it's ambiance
0: yeah makes it more homey
1: this is who we are
0: and so yeah welcome to the podcast let's get started For many people that get this done, there is a process, especially those that get it done through insurance through the United States, Mm -hmm. because we'll hopefully have listeners that like in Australia, their insurance is very different, Um, and also those that go to Mexico to get it done, um, which is great, but we're going to talk about our experience of going through the six months of weigh-ins and diet changes and then actual surgery and now we are both six months post-op and where life is at kind of right now so we'll try to keep this short it may run long we'll see so um when did we start this journey julie
1: um well it initially started a taco tuesday in january that was my new year's resolution and we both brought it up kind of casually and decided to go to the beginning seminar together and which ended up being February 4th, we showed up to their first weight loss surgery seminar.
0: Yeah. Um, my back Like, I think the reason why I told you that is because I was having complications of heart failure from being overweight. And my cardiologist was like, you need to get this done.
1: Right. And I had just had a baby by myself um, and suddenly was on blood pressure medication because I was having complications
0: yeah. after birth. So it, w- it was great that it was it was mere coincidence. I, I, we're, f- we're friends in real life, so we would have saw that we were going through this, but... But it just happened that it came up and we had a conversation about it. Yeah. So, and and at that time, in my mind, I was like, great, I have someone to go through this with because I live by myself. Um, I'd had family members go through it, but they're not, they don't live here. They're not going to be supportive about it. And...
1: Right. And being single, you don't want to really go sit there by yourself and feel are going in. So it was kind of great to go and say, hey, I have a seat saved for you and go sit
0: there and go through the process a little bit. Exactly. And so like Julie said, we started in February. Um, like our insurance and like our doctors, I think are a lot like other medical practices. Um, they have that like first welcome seminar. Right. And I
1: had gone to a few different seminars over the years. Um, like I'd been looking into weight loss surgery for like 15 years.
0: Yeah, and I had never, I guess, thought about it because I thought it was the easy way out, which, come to find out and we'll talk more about, is not the easy way out. No, there's no easy way. Because I'm kind of stubborn, and that's why I wanted to... I thought I could do it on my own, which it was apparent I could not. See, I never
1: thought I could do it on my own. I was like, I need to have the surgery.
0: Yeah, no, I, I thought I was Mr. Tough Guy and could do it on my own and be successful at it, but it failed numerous times. So we went to the seminar. Um, my insurance at that time required that I had to do a six month weigh in before. And so our clinic, uh, gateway bariatric, um, has a protocol for the different insurances. Right. Mine only required three months, but then I was not on top of it. Mm-hmm.
1: I had to go see a counselor for a while and I took a couple of months to actually make my appointments.
0: So those, those of you that have the three-month insurance, if you don't do it within three months, don't get discouraged. They just put you on hold and you just keep maintenance and you just have to keep going
1: in every month. That's not a big deal.
0: And it kind of worked out to your favor because... Because it took me
1: longer to get on plan. Like they wanted you to do... So our plan requires like the dietary part. They want us to come in every month for a weigh-in. We see the dietitian every month. We um, see the PA because we didn't see the doctor every time. Um, The initial consult, we saw the surgeon and he went over our options versus like gastric bypass or just the sleeve um, or the vertical gastric sleeve. And And then they tell us our requirements. Like we needed to have an EKG. We had to see our cardiologist and have clearance.
0: Well, they also talked about our insurance requirements because every insurance is different. Like I could not gain any more weight than which I started but it, I could have lost 300 pounds beforehand, and this my insurance will still do the surgery, regardless of what my BMI was. really? Um, so I think what was yours was you just couldn't gain more weight. I or couldn't gain
1: more than my initial appointment by the end. So like the first month I went in my initial appointment, I was 299. Mm-hmm. The first month since I was like, I'm never going to be able to have these foods again. I gained nine po- pounds. The first month eating, like, I was having cheesecake, I was having pizza, I was having all the good things in life.
0: You weren't getting on top of it mentally.
1: No, I was, like, partying in advance. Yeah. Mourning my loss in advance.
0: And I think we'll, we'll talk about that in future episodes about the mourning of food. Certain foods. I think it's, it's, a, it's a real thing.
1: It's a real thing for
0: those that sh- struggle with food addiction that have never really talked about the fact that they do have food addiction, or are emotional eaters. That's part of food addiction. And this is who I am as a person. So within that six months, for us, we had to meet with a dietitian. I think that was huge. Like
1: Oh, yeah, they gave us different, like they gave us new requirements, like carbs. We had to keep our carbs below 50 grams of carbs a day. We had to keep our protein, what was it, 65 to 90 grams of protein 70, a day? 70,
0: at least for, for me, what they told the men, 70 to 100. Oh, mine was 65 to
1: 100.
0: So, and, and for me, I think it really set us up for success because it trained you how life was going to be post-surgery.
1: Well, and it kind of got you on that mindset of like tracking your calories. Not necessarily calories, but your carbs and your protein. Just food tracking in general. Yeah, and they made you log it. Also, not skipping meals. I was a huge disordered eater and would skip breakfast and lunch often, and they required you to drink a protein shake a day, so that was easy replacement for me. Yeah, morning.
0: that, that, that was huge. It talked about, you know, and the great thing is I, with our clinic is you sat down and told them like, Hey, here's how my life has been. And they're like, all right, okay, here's, they just didn't tell you what you had to do. They were saying, okay, this is what you were doing wrong. And this is what needs to be replaced. Exactly. Cause I was doing the wrong protein
1: shakes for a while that had too many carbs. They're like, well, if you cheat at all, you're getting way over your carbs for the day. And so I, that's what contributed to my initial like nine pound gain.
0: Yeah. And so, and with our insurances, we had to do a psych eval. Um, that was pretty straightforward. An EDG. Um, EDG for I don't. What's the actual name for that? Echocardiogram? No, EDG is the one they went down. The scope, down your throat. Yeah, so the EDG is where a scope, they go to, for our clinic, they go down and check your stomach just to... Oh, to see
1: if you have a hiatal hernia, they found one in mine, so they repaired it when I had surgery.
0: There's that, and they also want to make sure you're not full of ulcers. That's true. Or they even said they can find cysts or even cancers in the stomach that you would have no clue and they don't want to find on surgery day. Oh. Um, Most people, I believe, have to get, I had to get a cardiac clearance. I did too. My cardiologist was about it, and... He, wanted, he just did an EKG in his office and sent it over to them. I think most people still have to get the EKG even if they don't have um, a cardiologist. Yeah, and that's just getting hooked up to the 16 leads. And that can find out if you have any uh, heart issues, which is actually pretty cool. Um, and Some people
1: have to do like a sleep study.
0: Yeah, if you have horrible sleep apnea, you have to have a sleep study. Um, And any other core morbidity. So if you've got diabetes or things like that. You have to be released by all those doctors. And your regular
1: general practice doctor has to write a letter. Exactly. Um, The psych about decided that I needed to have some counseling. So I had to do like four sessions of counseling with a release signed.
0: And the counselor said I was the most stable person she had met in a long time. Uh, Well, I wasn't. Do you want to put your phone on silent? Sorry about that. (laughs) Nice. Um, and so, yeah, that six months, I think, really prepared us. Um, to let you guys know, we had surgery November 29th and November 30th. So if you've gone through this process or going through, you'll know we had to do our liquid diet through Thanksgiving.
1: It was the worst ever.
0: Yeah. Um, two, I
1: totally cheated.
0: I didn't. Uh, I think I had like a bite or two when I went to family like Thanksgiving. I had Friendsgiving like two weeks prior before the... Actual liquid diet, so I cheated there, which eh, is what it is. But in theory, that was my last real Thanksgiving.
1: Right, I had, I had major cheated before Thanksgiving. I went and got Carabas one night and ate fettuccine Alfredo, and I had it was delicious.
0: There probably I was. Do have no regrets. But and I think. That's don't get down on yourself if you do have cheat days in this the 6 months running up because you're normal, you're human.
1: Right, and you still can
0: but, have those things. And the the good thing is is if you have a weight loss buddy going through this, be honest and open cuz Julie would text me if she's like, "I cheated today." And so then I tried to be her cheerleader and be like, "Hey, you know, you can get through this. You cannot not do it." And I th- I did the same to you.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And so and and when you have a weight loss buddy, you have to accept the fact that they're allowed to get mad at you.
1: Right. They're and, like, if I find a good article, I send it to you or a recipe that I know you'll use because I'm not that on top of it. But you
0: are. Well, I think going back to the whole, like, you have to set the precedent beforehand. Like, hey... I'm here to keep you on track, so i'm I'm gonna speak real real talk. real talk all all day, and if you're gonna get upset by it, then this won't work because it's it's very easy, especially when you're overweight to take things very personal,
1: but we're also like not emotionally attached to each other in any way,
0: yeah, and that's why I think it's huge when you have a weight loss buddy that you're accountable, but
1: you're not like hurting feelings,
0: yeah. And well, when you're not related to them, that you have that separation. If you're not living with them, you have that separation right. Because if my kids say something, They can be really hurtful. But if it came out of my mouth. (laughs) Then it's all right. Yeah. And so that's just family in general. Um, So the day came around. um, Did you cheat at all in your liquid diet? The two weeks before? Other than Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.
1: No, the last, because I think I had Thanksgiving and then I still had like almost 10 days before. I had like at least a full week. we,
0: We had a week and a half.
1: Okay. So I had a full week and a half of strict Liquid diet. And I was really good after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because I wanted to have everything like cleared out and ready to go.
0: I think my... And I
1: lost 12 pounds on the liquid diet. Yeah. And that's all the pounds I lost. So on
0: surgery day... So you'd only lost... 12 pounds. In that six months. I, on the other hand, was very strict. Stayed on top of my protein. I started at a little over 400 pounds. And day of surgery, I weighed 330
1: Day of surgery for me, I weighed like, I don't know, but my last pre-op diet I was two ninety six. My last pre-op appointment, and then day of surgery, I was twelve pounds less than that.
0: And for those of you that can't do the math, four hundred three thirty, I lost seventy pounds before surgery. Um, and I had the I had the weight to lose. So
1: I didn't like I was borderline. Like if I lost
0: too much, they weren't going to cover my surgery. Yeah, my insurance that wasn't the issue.
1: So I didn't want to lose too much because I wanted them to do the surgery because I really needed it so I didn't have to take blood pressure medication for the rest of my days and die of my sleep apnea.
0: Um, Dr. Chen straight up told me he's like hey with your heart condition the most I think that was my motivator too he's like the most weight like as much weight as you can lose in this six months is only going to be exponentially better for you. Right. Because he's like I wouldn't feel comfortable doing the surgery on you at 400 pounds because of your current state of your heart. That's real. And so that was my motivator. It was like, um, and I was going to have the surgery regardless because it's roll the dice. I was either going to die fat and never get a heart or lose weight, possibly get a heart or get better. Turned out I got better. And it was worth it. Yeah. So two weeks liquid diet. That first couple days of liquid diet, or I'll be honest with you, it
1: sucked. It was rough. And then some of it, like they wanted you to do sugar-free Jello, sugar-free popsicles. And I'm like... I've been going my whole life avoiding the sugar-free fake sugar. Yeah. And now suddenly I'm still drinking the diet parade? What? This is not what I signed up for.
0: But it's it's the end it's the means to the end. Right. It's they want
1: you to like be in ketosis so yeah. then you can lose more fat uh, or burn your fat.
0: Sugar-free popsicles were my friend during those 2 weeks.
1: Oh, me too. I had a whole drawer of stuff that no one else could eat in the house.
0: That was that was my thing.
1: Oh, and then the liquid diet included a lot of broth.
0: So a good broth hack, if you have a Chick-fil-A in your state, go get the Chick-fil-A chicken soup. Just drink the soup. And you can even ask them, like, hey, I just want more broth than stuff. And they always hooked me up, and it was delicious. You
1: also liked faux a lot.
0: Yeah. The faux so. broth. Uh, I liked it, but at that time it was too salty. Now I can have it because I can't eat a lot of it, but yeah. Oh. And it's pho. I don't know. Not pho. <laughs> <laughs> and so surgery came around. It was end of November. Um, were you scared to have surgery?
1: No, but I go into every surgery expecting to die on the table.
0: I, I guess I'm at peace with dying. So I didn't, Me too. I didn't care one way or the other. Uh, my, by a girl I was dating at the time and my parents are more scared I'd die. I was just like, let's get this going. Yeah. I had a lot of friends that are like, no, you can't have that surgery. It's a bad idea. Oh, I still, so I ended up in the hospital, I think a month or two before surgery for heart issues. And I still remember a ER doctor trying to talk me out of it. He's like, I see more complications For that surgery than anything, I'm like, well, and I got an argument with him. Like, yeah, you're the front line. Of course, you're gonna see it. People have come to you with the complications. Right, they have to. It's ER. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, this is life or death. And he's like, well, I don't agree with it. And like, we didn't see I.D.I. But I didn't care because I had my mind set up.
1: Yeah, I had decided I was doing it. My kids were completely supportive. They're like, Mom, you've been talking about this for 15 years. Get it done. Stick to your plan. Lose the weight. Now they make fun of me. They're like, you're so small now. We're bigger than you. And
0: Such, yeah, Which a, is huge. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the day before surgery, our surgeons just, it was, it was Miralax, wasn't it? We'd have to do the, I didn't do the go lightly. I don't remember. Remember we had to take a laxative? You didn't do that? No. Yeah, you were supposed to. No. Uh, well, our surgeon... <laughs> You were supposed to do the Miralax water mix. The I day. thought that
1: was only if you had co- like constipation. No,
0: it was you were supposed to clear it out. Um, so there was nothing in there. Yeah, I've seen some uh people post that they've got to do that go lightly, stuff, the stuff you have to do like when a you, colonoscopy when that's a col- the worst. Um, because they want your system cleaned out. And uh, my surgery, I think, was mid morning, and so I couldn't eat 12 hours before, right? And, Surgery, for those of you who've had surgery, know that by the time they get the IV in and start pumping you full of drugs, like, it's eyes closed, eyes open. Like, I actually, I don't say enjoy having surgery, but it's kind of the best way to have anything done.
1: Yeah, I don't mind it.
0: Yeah, because they, they give you drugs before you start to make you calm and close your eyes. I, for me personally, I, they gave me so much meds, I kind of didn't come to till after they wheeled me to the room. But you remember the recovery room, don't you? Yeah, I was thirsty. I don't really remember much. Yeah, I don't remember the recovery room. And then I was
1: on really good pain meds for a couple days.
0: So, And traditionally, most doctors are only going to keep people for 24 hours, maybe 36.
1: I stayed the whole two days.
0: Um, For me, I had to stay for three days because of my heart issue and being on blood thinners. Um, and I, I was surprised. I still remember when we went through getting close to it and they're talking about the surgery, how they want you walking s- the pretty first w- day. with the first day within a couple of hours of getting to your room.
1: Right. They wanted you to move that gas because otherwise you have really bad gas pains.
0: Yeah. And so the gas comes from, because when they do the surgery, they blow, they have to, to do the laparoscopic, inflate your midsection your abdomen. and that gas, you can't fart or burp out. You have to breathe it out that's why they make you walk. So the gas for me did like what they said. It moved up in my shoulder and... And that hurt super bad. It hurt. And so, and they stayed on top of, and if, for those of you that are afraid if this, you're going to be thrown up a lot, they stay on top of the nausea meds and they stay on... So after, when you're in the room, they they stayed on top of nausea, pain, um, don't be afraid to talk to them about that because uh, you know people can be kind of prideful. Like, uh, oh yeah,
1: you have to ask for to keep on top of it because I feel like you don't want to be chasing the pain. And if you like miss doses,
0: because they only give you so much, so much time. But the problem is they don't hear from you like after four, six hours, whenever the doses, they'll just wait till you. Till they hear something. from you,
1: yeah. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, and they don't care. They just don't know you're in pain. Yeah. So I did that one after one baby, and then I'm like, "Oh no, forever after!" I'm going to ask as soon as possible, as soon as I start to feel yeah. pain, so they stay on top
0: of it. No pride involved. I have yeah. no
1: shame in my game. Yeah,
0: so just be active, just just prepare mentally, like you're gonna walk around. And those the view that you know movement is tough, they'll help you. Um, we have a picture, and we'll post it with this of her and I did laps around the hospital. And they, I walked a lot. I walked probably more than I should have.
1: I walked a lot. I kept going to get ice in the ice machine. They had the rabbit ice machine that I love. So I just kept going on my trips to get ice. And then when you came out of surgery, I was like, oh, you're out?
0: And went to go visit. And then I made you walk some laps with me right away. Yeah. And I think, again, I think that's the start of the mental game that now that you're losing weight, you got to be active. Right. That's why it kind of. I thought it was weird that we would be walking right away because all the other surgeries I've had to like stay in bed, don't move. You have to heal.
1: Except for this one, they want you like up and moving.
0: Yep. And so just be ready for that. And it's a good thing. Don't, don't fight them for it. So our plan was of what? About until we hit solid foods was what? About two, three weeks for each section.
1: Yeah. So it was like a week or two of just liquids and, and then two weeks of puree.
0: Well, and to back it up too, I've noticed our our group, our clinic is very conservative, very conservative on getting you back to real food. Right. But they
1: have like a really high success rate, and so it's a good plan.
0: Yeah, and so I that's why it blows my mind when I see people that are month post op and they're like, my doctor's like, yeah, I can start eating tortillas and real food again, and I was. Just and like, our
1: doctors like, you can't have carbs ever again.
0: Yeah, you can't have processed carbs ever again, and. One month out, we were still on mushy foods, or oh, yeah. start, starting mushy foods,
1: right? Which I kind of skipped.
0: Um, I think that one I shrunk down to a week instead of the two weeks, just because I had I've I've yet to throw up any food after eating.
1: Oh, I've never. I made myself one time when I cheated and had pizza, like pretty
0: quick. Yeah, and so that's one thing that they stressed to me is. Throwing up shouldn't be the solution because you'll start...
1: Then you'll become bulimic.
0: Well, and that will be your remedy to overeat and to not be smart about it. Well, and it was really uncomfortable to throw
1: up. The mechanism does not work the same anymore.
0: Yeah. That's why they're on top of you right out of surgery with giving you those anti-nausea meds because you can pull a staple. like You can bleed out and die if throwing up is your thing. Right. And that would be a horrible way to die. So our doctor did the two weeks segments about two depending on when you saw your doctor two to three weeks between liquids, purees, soft foods and I think even, and then finally solid foods was like two months out. I think soft foods they did for three to four weeks
1: It was a really long time uh,
0: which was fine and then to quote unquote solid foods and that I think for me has been helped me with the success not rushing it.
1: Right. Are we allowed to have steak now? Because I don't think they told me that I could do that yet.
0: Um, no. I, it, it says in our packet never to try to stay away from red meat. And the fact that if you eat just red meat in general, like big chunks like that, for me, when I've had tacos, because mm-hmm. we're six months post, um, we just eat the carne asada. Mm-hmm. It sits heavy in me. It just does not digest well. Oh, I do okay. And I have friends that even a year post have said, "Yeah, steak. It, you'll need to order the tenderest piece." I don't actually eat steak. And have I my my go-to right now for a lot of my food is chicken. I love chicken, chicken I love everything. love chicken too. Um, but I do like
1: a carne asada taco, so I'll yeah. eat the meat. We so haven't mentioned how much weight we've lost, either one of us. No, so or we're not
0: our stats today. As of today, we're six. Months and three weeks post-op, give or take, a day or two. So what's your stats?
1: So my highest weight is, I'm saying 320. Um, My starting weight from, like, my last post-pre-op diet was 296. And now I'm right about 223. Nice. But my highest weight was... Okay, so from my highest, highest, it's like 98 weight pounds lost. But from my fitness panel tracker, 309 down to 222 is 86.6 pounds.
0: Good job. Congratulations. And I'm 6'1", so six, I'm extra tall. 6'1", and we've been doing this for a year. We're six months post-op, a year start. Um, I started at 400 pounds. Surgery, I started the actual weight loss at like 390 Weight loss surgery, I was at 330, and today I'm at 235. So 165 pounds I've lost. 25, 65. Yeah. Um, I'm bad at math. So yeah, whatever that is, you can figure it out. And the reason why I've lost a lot of weight was I stayed on top of it pre. Um, and men versus women, that's a huge thing. Like I've made it a point never to compare myself to anyone else. Because my weight loss is very different than yours. There's right. people that are doing even better than me. I, everyone's body, I understand from a mental standpoint, everyone's body's different.
1: Oh, and comparison is definitely the thief of joy. Like, I can't compare myself to the lady that had surgery on the exact same day as me. Because it was like a few weeks later and she's like, I reached Wonderland. And I'm like, bitch, come
0: on now. I but just she was also like five foot one.
1: Yeah, I don't know how tall she was. And I don't know how originally how fat she was.
0: Yeah, and so... And
1: so I couldn't compare myself to her. I was like, well, good for you.
0: Yeah, so that's why... Why do you
1: even need surgery? You only weigh
0: less than two... You know what I mean? She was, like I said, probably five foot one or two. Right. And that's the thing is everyone's journey is different. Everyone's life is different. everyone... Some people have, you know, thyroid issues or other... Everyone has their own struggles. Things that are making their weight loss slower or faster.
1: Right. And some people are, like, really on top of their plan, like you are. And then there's me, who... Tries to stay on top of it
0: with the help of me. So, (laughs) all right. Well, this has been our journey for the past year. Um, Now you know a little more about Julie and I. So if you have questions about what's going on through your journey or coming up, feel free to shoot us a message on Instagram or Facebook and we'll be more than happy to point you in the
1: right direction. Or if you want a doctor suggestion, I've, Referred so many doctor people to our doctor. Yeah, if you're in, in Arizona,
0: Banner, Gate, Banner Gateway Bariatric. Dr. Chen. Dr. Chen, he's our man. Maybe we can have him on. We'll oh, probably maybe. have to go, go to their office, but we'll try it. So, again, this is Losing Pounds Gaining Life, the podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Losing Pounds Gaining Life. Um, also, our Facebook, Losing Pounds Gaining Life podcast. And if you go to losingpoundsgaininglife.com, it will take you to our Facebook page. Um, do you have anything else you want to say?
1: Thank you and have a fabulous day.
0: All right. Make good choices.